Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Yeah, you know. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Tuesday, October 1st, 2019. This is episode 83083. I cannot believe it's October in Chicago again, and it's even crazier. We're going into the last quarter of this decade, but I can't think of a better guest to kick it all off. Episode 83 features the one, the only, Luca. This is someone I've been following for a long time, not only because he's an amazing DJ producer, but he's also a fantastic and highly talented videographer and photographer. You gotta check this guy out on Instagram. It is just fantastic work. This interview was amazing. Such deep conversation. We, of course, covered the bases, but at such a young age, he's accomplished so much and really, really has a good head on his shoulders. I had a lot of respect for him before this interview, but after, it's just on another level. Luca, you keep doing what you're doing, man. I cannot wait to see what happens in the future. It was so great to talk to him about the sensory experience and the difference between audio and visual, how he incorporates that in his music and his photography and videography. You guys are gonna love this conversation. Luca, thank you again for coming on the show, but let's get into it right now, guys. Episode 83 with Luca. Welcome to Sherman the Booth, man. We just, we go on a tangent. It's okay. (laughs) It's It's conversation, man. Yeah. (laughs) It it really is crazy. I mean, like, so I'm 27, so we're kind of in the same ballpark, like, musically wise, you know? And Diplo, you know, he is someone who I've seen evolve. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I saw him at Spring Awakening and fuck, it must have been 20, I was still in college, so 2013 or 2014, you know, when he was, he's still very mad decent affiliated, of, of course. course, but not his sets, like his sets are mm-hmm. so different in the music he's making, he's opening a house music label now too, which is like crazy, he's someone that I have a lot of respect for in so many different ways, yes, people don't like him for whatever reason, because he's this, he's that, but dude, that guy knows how to fucking play the game, and yeah. he, he runs the game, like he writes the book, and I, I absolutely love his music, his of DJ course. sets... I look up to him as an open format DJ, you know. That's a big thing that a lot of people like yeah. overlook with him too is the fact that he's initially like a, an incredible and very capable open format DJ. Very Which like, a lot of people don't necessarily like realize, understand. And like I didn't either. And like mm-hmm. granted, I don't know a lot of that side of him from, uh, you know, just, just hearing from other people and understanding of like when yeah. he was, I guess, more so in the open format game. Yeah. Um, but it just goes without saying. I just like, you know, like... I feel like there's always a connota- like a negative connotation for like open format DJs and like we kind of like reside in that to a certain degree. Yeah. Just, you and I are both house lovers primarily. Um, but yeah, like absolutely. realistically, like there's a way to like not cheese out open format. Like there's a way to like keep open format interesting. There's a lot yeah. of great ways to do it that, you know, I feel like the biggest factor that kind of diminishes that ability is like just laziness and mediocrity and like you end up doing it for a check and you're just doing whatever the fuck it takes to be able to mm-hmm. you know collect a check do what you need to do keep people dancing keep it moving but there are this like few that will still um you know hunt after that kind of upper echelon of of djing and open format ways that 
kind of almost ranges back into like the turntablist way. It's like the four color Zacks, the crazes, like yeah. the Spinozas, the uh, oh god, A-tracks. the A tracks, the, yeah. the uh, God, I got I gotta shout shout them out here. Um, Miles Medina too, like yeah. all, all those guys, and they're like all mad cool, and they're all like doing some crazy cool shit. And like, there's all these like even I was just watching the other day, I popped on my YouTube feed, like James Hype. I don't know if you've ever seen him. Dude, I'm a huge fan. S- super cool stuff. I'm into this open format house game. Same, and like you know, that's that's what we've been doing. Actually, should come by sometime. Yeah, Electric Hotel all on yeah. Sundays. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. D- different conversation for a different time. But that's like, okay. That's, we'll plug it. You know, yeah, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll we'll get in there sometime too. But like, yeah, like you know. Uh, my buddy Danger Way and I, we've kind of been the residents and booked out that party since, frankly, September last year. We're ranging up. We're trying to figure out like a one-year anniversary party soon. So That's we'll awesome. To, Dude, to send out invites. Uh, Sunday night party is not easy, so congratulations no, to you, you on that. I appreciate that. And we, we've kind of gone with the whole connotation of like open format house. So like stuff that keeps it like familiar. And before like this whole like open format house thing came mm-hmm. kind of among, but like, you know, we wanted it to be like... Yo, we can get into like, you know, like deep, dirty, like tech house, you know, like yeah. little techno, like even some like warehouse shit, yeah. like sprinkled in here, yeah. but like bounce it in with like different mashups and like even loop stuff over to like make stuff more friendly mm-hmm. to not only people that are involved or interested as much in the house scene, but at the same time too, like late night bottle clientele. Cause that's like the biggest, I guess, friction that we face like with late night stuff is like past all the other bars closed, like they still have to cater to a lot of bottle clientele that just want hip hop. Yeah. So it's just like, it's a challenge too. And it's also was a challenge initially for like, now it's kind of back into like more like, I wouldn't say strict open format for like that last closing set. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely more like a, like a balanced emphasis between like house and, yeah. you know, just trying to still keep it different, but yeah. like catering to that crowd. Yeah. Um, but it was like a challenge to see like guys that really wanted to not only were capable, but were willing to put forth the effort to have mm-hmm. a good time and, you know, build something where it's like, yo, it's familiar, like you're throwing edits, but it's a lot like you're cheesing it out. Like it's very easy and I'm sure you know as well. Yeah. There's a multitude of house edits that like are, you know, interesting, but like, you know, you play them like a tech house, like it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just not going to either match the energy. It's going to sound like cheesy and like the grand scheme of things. And mm-hmm. it's like, you have the right idea, but like to have the capabilities of like live mashup, bootleg stuff and like do all that stuff live, like yeah. really truly DJ, yeah. you know, and but yeah. like with also having that understanding of like really knowing how to DJ and like really knowing how to also DJ house. Yeah. Like understanding how DJ health house. It's like, I think it was John Hewick that like was explaining to a friend, uh, at the time, we were just having a conversation about it. It's like DJing house music is like sex. You just have to take your time, spread it out. Yeah, it's just nice and easy, ease yeah. out. You can't be that dickhead that just like tries to just go and jump into things too quick. Like it's because you know, you know what, it doesn't wrong. go well when you do that. I'm not saying from experience, yeah. but I don't think it's gonna be a good time. Neither you're gonna have a good time. Yeah, so like, it's gotta, tough. It's gotta ease into it. Just go slow, and you know, just like you know, kind of let things evolve and you know happen. So yeah. With that being said, it's different, but you know, kind of circling back to that whole thing with you know, open format DJ and open format house is like a lot of open format DJs are like very capable. Yeah. And like that's the one of the things that I was even looping back to like the Steve Gerard thing called yeah. my train of thought. Yeah. Is like, you know, yo, like a lot of these guys that like really do produce, make music mm-hmm. and like have involvement in like I guess a very different multifaceted ways yeah. are like very capable. And like in many different areas as well. Mm-hmm. Not only from DJ, like realistically, like open for my DJ, like you have to be well versed in not only uh, house music, not only Mumata, not only uh, you know, like you know, just the range of stuff. Like yeah. you, you come up with you know an infinite amount of different scenarios where mm-hmm. you know you just have to be on point 
with things that normal people, like, you know, I guess a specifically like house-based act would never be able to do. Yeah. Maybe they would. I, you know, I can't, you know, it's, can't label everyone or just like kind of yeah. judge everyone like that. But yeah. like, realistically, say, for example, like you're not going to have Robbie Rivera show up <laughs> to a set and be like, yo, can you drop some Mubaton for like 15 <laughs> minutes? Like, I don't think that's going to go down too well. You got any Travis Scott house remixes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, do, you, do you mind bumping some like, you know, like hardcore, like 150 BPM, like side trance? Yeah, like, of course. It's not going to happen. Of so course. it's like, you need to be, you know, multifaceted and well-versed in those different areas to be able to like survive in like the open format game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it goes without saying like a lot of these guys that have that understanding that, you know, do end up transferring over into like, you know, their production levels. Um, you know, it's a special thing. And like, you know, Steve's a good example of that. Like I'm not yeah. really close to them, but, uh, my boy Apollo XO, yeah. uh, you know, has told me a multitude of things about him cause they're pretty tight. Yeah. And he's even said like, yo, like he's very talented when it comes to like, you know, production engineering. And it's, it's always super cool to see like, you know, that multifacetedness like transfers over into different areas and it makes it like interesting, cool and fun to see like, yo, like you learn a lot of things from mm-hmm. not only making one thing all the time. Yeah, of course, of course. And I started off as a DJ before I produced. So I kind of find that it's 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 obviously one or the other. But from my perspective, starting off as a DJ, you want songs that have intros, that have outros, that have certain levels and phrasing to them so that you can mix them because primarily you started as an open format DJ. You know, Whether you're at college, whether you're at a city, wherever it might be because the popular music is not house music. Now I will say, and I'll quote Alex Kislov on this so I know you know, yeah, house music, the trend has always gone up. Yeah. And I think it's really starting to meet at an axis where hip hop and house and all these things are maybe other popular trends were going down. Pop, let's just say that will always be at the top because it's catchy. Yeah. You see all these house remixes, like when I'm doing music research to find new songs, a lot of shit is a house remix or a house mashup. Well, these days too, especially, and I think the the, the Fisher record was was a big example of that. Yeah, it was, absolutely. It was, it was kind of like the introduction. I, I dare I say, you mm-hmm. know, it, it kind of unleashed. I mean, they have like big room tech house now, <laughs> and it's like it, it, it's I, I Solardo ecstasy. That's fucking yeah, big room absolutely, tech house. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and you look at all these things, and like, yo, straight up, it's kind of coming to like a thing of like tech house. In like that specific, I, I don't want to call it a genre, like subgenre of tech house, like big room, like I don't even know what you'd call it because it's not big room tech house, like but almost kind of is, but it's like the new big room, like it's yeah. taken over, like you have the, some of the biggest records in like of recent times mm-hmm. in like the music industry, especially like for D, a lot of DJs would probably agree with this as well, yeah, but like house records, like Dom Dollars take it, um, yeah, you know like Fisher's losing it, like yeah. how many. You know, before, like, two, three years ago when, like, you know, Big Room was dying out, you played a record, like, losing it in a club. Like, you, you know, <laughs> fucking ripped off the decks, man. You wouldn't be invited back anymore. Yeah. Like, you play a place, like, you know, that was super corporate or, like, you know, uptight about what you were playing. Like, Bottle Service Club, like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Are you out of your head? Yeah. Like, now it's just, like, sick. You're ripping that every other chick and fucking, you know, college Dude. kid is, like, losing their shit. It's crazy. And now I just, I'm, I'm in this Facebook group with Country Club Disco, the golf clap guys. Oh, and I sick. saw a picture that they posted, and it was the mu- the song we're not playing for tonight is Fisher losing it. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, yeah. now one of the biggest house songs is the Despacito of house music, so to speak. You no, know? I'd say like, it's like the Martin Garrix Animals almost. It, Martin Garrix Animals, absolutely. But Martin Garrix Animals did a lot for the music industry. There, there is a whole other like that's that's a rabbit hole we can jump down to. I, we like, probably need to do a panel for that yeah, shit. Yeah, straight up. I mean, it, that was like an organization. <laughs> I mean, like even from things that I've heard down to like the level of 
and like granted don't let, me, don't let my fucking career end because I'm even saying this <laughs> stuff but like something along the lines of like you know, like I mean don't get me wrong like I, I respect Martin as like like an artist and a, and a producer to like mm-hmm. a certain degree as well like there's sure. respect for everyone in certain ways I mean, even even guys that don't produce and you know there will be I'm sure you've seen the videos and others we won't get be named like, yeah. you know, like that French assholes Cedric Cedric Crevaise yeah, hold the conversation. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, we, we, we we did a lot of work to expose that because it's it's one of the things if like you know you're ghost producing and you have it's known that you have ghost producers whatever. Yeah, another thing when like there's just no integrity done about it and you come out in a way like that, but it's ridiculous. Jumping back like and it's like that same kind of conversation that we had a little bit earlier about uh, you know different types of producers and even though a lot of guys aren't very capable on their own to be able to like you know they can't sit down on their own and produce out a full record but they'll sit down next to someone that is capable on a production level and like kind of like point in the right direction yeah like you know there's certain areas and aspects in the music industry and especially production especially too um, that there's a place for people like that like you know a lot of our guys even in New York and stuff as well like I've sat down in plenty of sessions and a couple guys like you know works exclusively almost together and like you know that's two completely separate separate projects yeah but like you know you trust each other to that level of it's like yo if this isn't working like you know if you're not going to spend like four hours on it. like if it's not five minutes 10 50 minutes if it's not working like we're throwing it out we're gonna move on <laughs> yeah but like you have to have that trust with that person of like yeah, okay, yeah, cool, yeah. they have that ear and even though you might be attached because it's you know making music like as you know i mean you, you said you produce and yeah. stuff as well it's difficult because you have that attachment to it like you know you made it like you, this is oh, you know a certain to a certain degree your baby but like you're putting Absolutely. yourself in the shoes of other people it's like you know something that I'll do it's like could I really imagine myself playing there's some work I see it's being played mm-hmm. and it's like it's that range of like okay is this going to be more an eclectic thing that like people are just going to casually listen to or is like yeah so I'm going to make it out to something that I could play a lot of the times it's like the latter and it's also in that regard of like okay cool where does this fit in and then mm-hmm. when you're really putting it into perspective and you take out that kind of understanding and kind of that attachment to it like okay it's not my baby anymore mm-hmm. you know you're looking at it from more like a realistic level mm-hmm. um, you know shit gets real and it's not easy a lot of those times too to like really put yourself in those shoes of other people like the outside listener to understand where it is and where it's gonna go because you do have that attachment to it like it's yeah. you know it's something deep down like you know you poured your heart and soul on this to one day be told that like yo this fucking sucks man like what are you doing do you think that Skrillex thought I'm gonna make this for myself or I want people to play this out when he made scary monsters and nice sprites man it, it, it's tough to say I, I don't wanna say that I, I don't think Skrillex is the type of person I, I think he's very smart in the business aspect of things um He's in regards so to, much, you know? he's he's an incredible not only human being but producer too. Like, I think I've, he's top three of all time, personally. I I wouldn't disagree with that. It's, yeah. it's, it's tough to say of all time just because the fact. But like, Good ele- point. Yeah, electronic absolutely. music for sure. Like in that yeah. on that level of like yeah. what he's able to achieve, what he's able to do on a production level, as well as. Um, you know, just him as a human being. Like, he's just he's a great so dude. He's so rad, yeah. He's just a great human being. Like, surrounds so many... And it goes without saying, too, like, a lot of this stuff is all mindset, man. So, yeah. you know, that could be something we touch on later, if yeah. anything. But, yeah. um, you know, like, things... it. Skrillex in the regard of like whether it's like a business choice or if it's a thing for himself in regards to like you know am I making this for the people yeah. I think it's always for yourself first and foremost and yeah. because I, I'll quote Steve Angelo on this too and I'm paraphrasing here but it's like mm-hmm. you know when you sit down to make like a record and he was I think it was either Wild Youth or it was I can't remember I think, I think it was Wild Youth I think it wasn't before Human came out mm-hmm. um, and he was explaining it, it's just like you have like that's why he takes 
you know, it would take like a year off from like everything. Like, this just disappear. He did. And it's just yeah, like, you yeah. know, it's it's like you have to give yourself that time um, because when the business, you know, starts getting into your head about like the record mm-hmm. and what you're going to be doing with this stuff, it steps on the creativity of it. Absolutely. And you can't have that happen. Like you have to shut, and, that, and that's like one of those things too. Like you can't be thinking about like six different things on the road. Like making a record, you have to be in the moment. Yeah. And that's like something that I'm, you know, I've learned a lot too in the last few years of production like you know I, I've made music like equally as amount of time that I was, I've been DJing for so mm-hmm. you know it's just one of those things of, I'm sure you know like you know progressing with you know DJing is a little bit I want to say easier but definitely takes you know not as much of a commitment in regards to you know, yeah. you, know you crush a set you do good you shake hands with people you kiss babies shake hands you know <laughs> it's like if you can maintain relationships and you know network well like, you can get booked yeah you know and you know there's plenty of guys that you know even from like a promotional standpoint too like bring out a bunch of people yeah you know and aren't particularly great djs but like you know yo they bring out people they offer value that's what it brings down so it's like they plateau huh do they plateau absolutely i mean to a certain degree i mean like you know it's one of those things like especially these days it's you know it evolves to like be one of those things like you become a personality like you become someone's dj because you know so and so like right you know becoming like a major rapper's dj and then you get put on it's just like different things and you know yeah, chase b fucking travis scott's dj yeah, right yeah huge, huge. And yeah it's just like i mean granted i i don't really know of him or much of his history beyond like that but you me know, neither yeah of course but it's just like it's one of those things to be said i'm just like yeah but, but then you have your guys like a track and stuff like that too that was like yay's dj which is and like awesome. you know and like super cool and crazy but like i mean kids fucking prodigy for christ's sake like what was 12 years old on dmc or younger <laughs> so it's like it's hard to compare like on that level but like yeah you have your two different aspects but Back to the, I guess, like, Skrillex thing is, is mm-hmm. um, God, how many tangents have we fit now? It's okay. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful, yeah. The ADD is just a beautiful <laughs> thing, isn't it? Um, but no, it's, it, it's, it's just, like, on that level of you have to do it first and foremost for yourself and then, like, then shop for the record later. Yeah. Um, and, and then, like, there's a place for it. And that's, like, the, the thing that separates a lot of great producers, I feel like, is really being able to have not only that production level of like being really good technically as a yeah. producer, yep. but also having the creativity side of things and also having that in addition side of things that's going to translate. Absolutely. And that's the biggest thing. And I'm sure you know from like your background and like, you know, I guess like, you know, studio work on like a visual and production aspect yeah. is like, you know, it's story is king. Man. That's one of the things Absolutely. that like, you know, it exactly relates over to music as well. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what separates a lot of good music is like, what story are you going to yeah, it's all about longevity, man. I think a lot of people, and I kind of use this this phrase, this saying that I've kind of just come up with, honestly, over the course of this podcast, is talking to people. Everybody can get into something, whether it be DJing, whether it be making music, whether it be, I don't know, a fucking cold call sales job, right? And everyone's like into it for six months to a year, and like everything goes up because you're putting so much effort into it. And then a year goes by, and like maybe you're kind of stagnant or something, but you're still doing your thing. You're like, all right, this is gonna happen. And then another year goes by, and you're like, man, fuck this. This isn't happening like I want it to, yeah. you know? So maybe you made a big song, right? Sure. It's a one hit wonder type deal. Yeah. You gotta think about it. All right, I need to literally love what I'm doing every single day, look in the mirror and say to myself, whether I'm rich and famous or whether I'm poor and broke, do I love what I'm doing? Absolutely. And this was like, it, it was funny. This was a perfect uh, quote from. Big Magic. I'm forgetting the author. I have to look it up at some point. But I was listening to the audiobook. It was recommended to my uh, my buddy Christian Bornwig. I apologize if I pronounce his name wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Avantgarde from UK. Yeah. The label uh, Avantgarde. Yeah. I, I actually saw one of his story posts. We we talk here and then, but he was uh, 
one of the posts, he, he asked up in his story, like, just people recommend him books, and one of them was Big Magic by this uh, author. Writer explained, like, the, like, the creative process and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, one of the points she was making was, you know, you have to love what you're doing so much that you're willing to eat the shit sandwich. Seriously? And, like, to the point <laughs> that, like, you know, the people that you're working with that aren't willing to eat their shit sandwich, that you ask for seconds and ask if you can eat their shit sandwich. You love what you're doing so much. That you're that. willing to just, like... You know, you have to eat the shit to be able to get where you are. And like these days and with social media stuff too, it's like, it's, you know, you're, it, it's, it's so easy to get discouraged and be like, fuck man. Like I've, I've dumped yay amount of years into this and like, it's not going anywhere. Even, even a short amount of time, mm-hmm. you see people like, like you said, get in and out. And that's like a tough part too, that like, you know, I've, even I've struggled with like to certain degrees too. Absolutely. I say it cause I know from experience, my own experience, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, Alex Kislov actually called me out one night too. He's like, man. Like, you know, I'll, you know, I, I called him one day and I like, you know, I just thanked him for even saying this. Cause it took some time for me to like really understand and like, you know, kind of, I guess, digest what he said. But it's like, man, you get onto something and like you get really good at it and you get to like 85% and then you like leave it and go do something else. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, fuck, it, like you're right. <laughs> and it's just like, it, it, it took some time to understand that, but it's like, it's one of those things of like, yeah, you can progress, and that's like one of like that's like the whole backstory between behind like my creative agency I started X to X, mm-hmm. um, you know X to the X power is like anything is anything, and like uh, mm. like it's another backstory that I can get into. But the point being is that any amount of time placed into any amount of task, anything is possible. Yeah. So if you just devote that time and energy into what you're doing, like realistically, you can achieve anything but you have to put in the time and the effort and energy and eat plenty of shit sandwiches because there's going to be a lot down the road that you just have to cope with and it's like it's hard it sucks there's gonna be like plenty of times you're like fuck this I'd rather like you know go dick around with a friend or like throw something on procrastinate instead of like sit there and just get it done yeah but like you know it's that effort and energy of just like truly working at it that like gets you that next level and that was like one of the other things that i was gonna get a tangent off of like skrillex yeah is um guys that i've worked with him they're like you know will say that they have never seen anyone work the way that he does yeah and like the true example of the way reason why I, like at least in my opinion of why skrillex is so great and you can talk all the shit you want like dubstep wompy shit whatever the fuck <laughs> but like as a producer and as like a person to like progress and like for I'm like almost like a I don't want to say like a self help thing like a self improvement level mm-hmm. like the man devotes an infinite amount of time to his work mm-hmm. like I've heard like a couple stories from people that I've worked directly with and like been in the studio like so on and so forth the man doesn't stop working like people have to pull him away from his computer to be able to like introduce and say like shake up like someone. Seriously? Like my boy that met him, like you know, like I was working with him at the time, like with the uh, with the Alza team out in LA. Like I think it was like five six years ago. Yeah. During the time of, like DJ Slink and stuff, I think it was part of like, the same uh, camp, artist camp was like saying like yeah, like he literally like they had to pull him away from like working to like basically say like hello to us. And he was like super nice, like, super awesome. Like right. let, let them stay in his house, like one of his like couple houses in LA and stuff like that during the time <laughs> that they were staying. Yeah. So, like gave him all the studio access, all this stuff. Like super nice guy, but it's like. You know, like there's, I think even in like one of the videos, like you watch, like he's literally getting off a helicopter to play a set, walking from the helicopter while the fucking water bridge <laughs> I think is I've seen that, yeah. still on his computer. And it's just like, you cannot pull this, like he will work until he has to play. And like, that's without being said, it's like, that's like the ticket to like being able to like get to that next level. Like, 
I, I love like the statement of like it's there for those who want it. Like anything that you could ever possibly want to do, the resources are there. Like, yo, we don't live in the 1920s anymore where you have to like <laughs> go by horsebound carriage to like another side of the fucking country to like get some kind of resource or like meet someone to get you there. Like you are a button press away from like DMing someone, hitting someone up. And it's just like there's all these like kind of self-conscious, I don't want to I don't say self-conscious, but like, oh my God, like insecurities that like we've we've built up, I don't want to, I don't know about saying as like a society, but like mm-hmm. what like social media and this shit has done that it's just like, like realistically, like what's holding you back? Like, is it pride? Is it your ego? And that's like one of those things that even early on in my career, like an elder uh, was explaining to me like, yo, like, you know, you're starting to like do things and move up. Even like I was very small time, like moving up is very relative. Like <laughs> I was starting to play like nightclubs every once in a while. Like you're yeah. moving up. Like, yeah. but just, it was like a word of like truth that he spoke to me. It was like, yo, like two things that will, you know, like get you, like it will spit, chew you up and spit you out of this industry is like stay away from drugs mm-hmm. and like, you know, starve your ego. Because, like, ego will completely take you out of this game. Because as big as you ever might get, there will forever be someone bigger. True. So, like, forever stay humble. That was something that, like, you know, I had to, like, you know, dumb down very... Like, I take pride in saying that, like, I've, I've made an effort and like, you know, dumbing that down. Like, there are plenty of times where it's like, yo, like, I'm doing this, 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 and this. I have my eyes on this. Like, fuck this, that, and the third. Like, I want to be better. Like, I, I can be better than this. And I should be better than this. But it's like, you end up realizing that's, like, that's not the way and approach to doing that. And it's a shitty mindset to have because... Even if there is someone that is completely clueless to what you are doing, they might have something to offer you that you might have never had the perspective on. So true. You know? So it's like, you know, like playing my mom something. It's like, yo, this sounds like shit. This sounds shrill. It's like, I'm like, <laughs> like I was like young, like in high school, like just starting to make music, like the worst dubstep and stuff that you've ever heard in your life. Like just womps on womps on womps. Yeah, like, just yeah, learning yeah. what a filter modulation was finally. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> but it's like, it goes without saying too, of like, you know, someone that might not have that same perspective and outlook that you do it's just like that's you know food like realistically like when you put music out or when you're doing something not everyone's going to have the exact same experiences history outlook and perspective that you do so like take that into account and understand that like as good talented or you know in a place that you were at regardless of where you are whatever where your skill sets or levels are like just dumb down the ego and you know, learn and just listen. Like, keep your mouth shut and your ears open because, like, regardless of what that other might person know, whether they're talking out of their ass and they're speaking the fucking Lord's truth, you know, in, in this, you know, in this game, like, there might be something Absolutely. to learn. And regardless, you'd much rather be the guy that says very little and is well respected than the guy that says too much and is looked at as an asshole. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, it's, it's all learning process, man. It's like one of those things of, you know, mindset is like the biggest thing. Dude, it's it's a it's it's a killer attitude. Yeah, you know, it's just a belief in yourself that you're never gonna fucking stop, and you literally will go. I I literally, I mean, dude, this I've been the podcast for three years, like two or three weeks ago. It's been Great three podcast, years. Buddy, Thank you, me. I appreciate that. But I'm telling you, man, like the first five six episodes, I was like, why am I doing this, man? Like yeah. no one's listening, and I was like, nah, fuck that. I love doing this. This is something that I've always wanted to do. Now I'm finally doing it. Let me just keep doing it. And yeah. now this is like episode 82. And it's like, I just feel something, you know? Awesome. And every single day I'm thinking, how can I get better? How can I do this? And something I've learned from so many people like yourself is everybody has their own journey to success. Yeah. It's hard not to compare yourself to other people in the age we live in because like you said, we're one click away. Of course. 
use that, flip that script. How can I learn from how that person's had their success? How can I read an autobiography from, from an old person who was super fucking hardworking like Winston fucking Churchill? Yeah, crazy I'm stuff. I'm gonna read that fucking autobiography, you know? Yeah. How can I have that championship attitude that no matter when the day comes, it'll be the cherry on top because I'm loving it no matter what. Yeah. You know? And that and that's that thing, man. It's like, it's very easy, like we said, with like from click of the button, very easy to compare you know, but the comparison thing is like, you know, comparison is the killer of joy, man. It's like, it, it really is. is. And it's just like, I think it's, uh, it was, it was one of the things, expectation minus reality equals happiness. So yeah. it's like, you go into it, <laughs> you just go into situations expecting very little. You're bound to at least come away with like a sliver. Oh, you know, have no expectations of anyone else and you'll be happy. A sliver, very small sliver, but nonetheless a sliver of happiness. Yes. <laughs> but like, it, I can't remember what it was. I've written down somewhere, but it's like, uh, Comparison is the thief of joy, mm-hmm. because like ill man, like there there are people out there with little to nothing. Yeah, and they're and uh, ignorance as much as we think might be an insult to say to some people, ignorance is like a fucking fantastic thing, man. Mm-hmm. Imagine you were like 15, 16 years old, just getting into this. Excuse me, I don't yeah. know when you begun got when you got into DJing or yeah. you know music in general, but like you looked at everything with starry, big, bright eyes, and everything so was fantastic, and it was eclectic, and you just felt great yeah. about every experience. Like the first time, I remember like I was driving downtown. It was my first night that I ever played soundbar downstairs. <laughs> I, I can't remember. It was like a complete off night, something total stupid, but like just amazing experiences. And yeah. now it's like you go out to play in a club, and like there are fun times you get pumped, but it's like. Ah, uh, fuck. I'm going to have to play another set. <laughs> so it's like that crazy contrast of just like playing Absolutely. like some small tiny bar you were getting like crazy hyped to play mm-hmm. and now you can play at the biggest club in the city be like, yeah, I'm just, you know, yeah, I just got to go to work. So it's like, yeah. it's that difference of, um, you know, perspective on not comparing yourself to other people because there's always going to be someone bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, you're always going to look up to the guys that are at the top of their game and realistically, not even understand that they, you know, what they're truly going through or what their true level of happiness is. So it's yeah. like, it's one of those things of like, I, I, it's hard to, but hold yourself back from comparing to like other things, regardless of what it might be, mm-hmm. to like, you know, visuals, music, you know, level, like where you're playing, like yeah. anything. Because realistically, there's always going to be gonna be someone above you, mm-hmm. but not only are there people below you, but you were much further back. Not too long ago. Yeah. And it's like, it's 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 nostalgic to like look back and it brings back a lot of nostalgia when you like, when you truly have one of those days you look back and you're like, fuck. <laughs> been through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, especially in our careers of industry, my boy Alex Conrad, uh, we've been fucking best friends for like, shit, maybe five, six years now. And it's yeah. just like, you, you talk to a lot of normal people and it's like, we, we, we have a lot of very interesting experiences that a vast majority of the population is starved from being able to experience. Like mm-hmm. we explain like some of the stories that we think are very casual and it's like, <laughs> like we, we jump through a hoop of fire off the Sears tower or something like that. to like the person <laughs> we're explaining it to. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's to be appreciated. It's like, yo, we live some cool lives. And yeah. It's just like, well, we always might be hunting for more. It's just like, try to, you know, constrict as much of that comparison as you can, because just be appreciative for where you are and where you're going always hunt for more but like you know just focus that time and energy back on like the things that you could be doing not only for yourself but like also giving back to others too yeah you know because that's so much more you know gratifying when you can like help someone out even if it's something as simple as like you know a piece of advice yeah you know like the true like I think it was another Steve Angelo quote 
Thank you. I'll quote him because he's like one of my idols. Um, you know, Dude, not, same. O- not only from like, you know, 100%. Yeah, right? I'm sure we can have a conversation on Steve alone. Dude, um, he is, he's the fucking man. Yeah. From like everything, from like finances to like the way they handle his family his to brand. music to like branding to his brand, yeah. his label with like the creative <laughs> He's so cool, goddammit. Everything about it, man. It's so sick. Yeah. From like from every level, man. The way yeah. the motherfucker dresses, let alone the way he speaks. <laughs> like cape the live shows. Now, it's like, oh my god. The mask, too. That thing is hard. The mask man. is that mask is so hard, man. Yeah. But like um it was something that he said, God, what what was uh, God, I'm losing my train of thought here again. But he was saying something along the lines. Uh, I guess another thing, just to quote on Steve, yeah. was just like the the way that he's like so great. Um, he was saying in an interview once, and it was like, yeah, we fly private jets not so we can you know pop bottles of champagne and you know be assholes, you know, flying around in the air for God knows how much money. It's so that we can charter flights so we can make it back to our families in time to tuck our kids. Wow, tuck our kids in at night. And like that, I think that was like I was like 18, 19 years old when he said that. And mm-hmm. it was like just mind blown to see that, yo, like there's a lot more that this dives deep into. Yeah. And there was, I think it was like a Forbes interview we got into like all like the investment stuff that he's got into, like made crazy amount of money on his like couple first investments when he was like 21. And it's just like <laughs> just crazy cool to see that like, yo, and that was like my first, like at least for me, my eye-opening experience of like this as like a whole to what you're doing can just get so much deeper to like the perspective that I'm sure even growing up in Indiana, like I grew yeah. up in the Northwest suburbs yeah. um, before I moved and lived downtown for like a God knows many years now. <laughs> and it's just like, you have just such a different mindset and outlook on things. It's like, you know, go to high school, go to college, get a job, you know, like work, find yeah. a nice girls, like start a family, settle down, like <laughs> live the days out to your croak. Yeah. And it's just like, you just don't understand. Like there's so many other things that you can do. Like, yo, like you can start a podcast or a YouTube channel mm-hmm. and eat off of someone watching a fucking video or like listening to a podcast. Like you can do that. Now. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's just like the possibilities are so endless, but it's just like, it's the way to figure out how to do them in a, in a way that's intelligent and smart and like, isn't, from like stupidity, like, you know, it's it's very easy, especially like DJing, I'm sure, you know, you're in the yeah. scene as well, yeah. to like, you know, see, you know, kids wearing Yeezys, Balenciaga, this, that, the other, like these trust fund babies rolling around doing this stuff, and it's like, yeah. fuck, I should be like, I'm like, I'm, I'm playing these parties, I should look to part, <laughs> I should play this stuff, like, I need this, that, and a third, and blow a lot of money, but it's like, and granted, there's a lot more smart kids now that are kind of looking the alternate way that I'm gonna say, yeah. and it's just like, yo, you look past all that, and understand, like, save your money and there's like ways that you can invest and do things like the financial thing is like a whole other conversation we can have like even off playing like three four nights a week like you can not only eat but if you're smart with it like you can set yourself up and begin setting yourself up to like realistically have financial freedom and be truly wealthy off like a very simple means but it's just about learning in the ways of doing this and that was like the whole thing with like steve and everything like that like mm-hmm. blew my mind and then you know later learning the more financial basis and understandings of all that stuff and it's like there's a lot of possibility that can be you know done and all you really got to do is not be a dickhead dude <laughs> like, it's true and you reminded me of something uh that clay from music trust i had lunch with him recently and kid we clay were, yeah Corey. super dope guy no no clay de, de la Chappelle. And he was Clayton, yes. Yeah, Clayton. Yeah, good friend he, of mine as well. Yeah, really, really he, dope human being. He was like making this joke about somebody. He was like, all right, well, here's how much money you made this year. And the guy was like, I don't, you know, whatever. It's nothing. And he's like, dude, get a fucking W9. You can you can make a living off this shit. Yeah. You know, it's the modern age. But it, it sounds like you've had a lot of different influences in your life. Like, even if it's Steve Angelo. 
Who professionally and musically has been the biggest for you? I would still range it back to like, I mean, I've got like close friends that I can like range off for like days and stuff. My, my boy D-Star has been like a, as much as he is like a, like a brother to me and like, you know, very, very close friend mm. has opened my eyes up to a lot of that. And that's mainly because like we're very close friends and he's been through like a lot of experiences, not only in like the music industry, um, you know, from like a production level to like, you know, just on like a basic human to human level, like we're very like minded in things mm -hmm. and like a lot of mistakes that, you know, either he's made or like, you know, he sees me that I'm about to make it just like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a big deal to like find mentors and like, you know, learn Absolutely. from them, you know, in, in any light, you know, whether it be from the same industry, different industry, you know, something completely, you know, unrelated, mm -hmm. you know, there's always something to be, you know, learned from that. Um, but I'm very fortunate that, that Donnie has been like a very good friend, like, you know, I'm, I don't say like a big brother, but just someone that's, he's got 10 years on me. So it's like one of those things of, you know, over, we've seen we're hustling shit. for the, yeah, he's yeah. seen a lot of shit, man. And especially, <laughs> you know, he's been, he's lived during, through those days of like, you know, when Open For My DJing was like worth half a shit. Yeah. And you know, like days where like it was, you know, really popular, really big. You can make a career off this stuff and, you know, people were getting paid and we're be 500, like four or five grand a set and not even like being a big hoi foloi, you know, mm -hmm. big cheese DJ. Yeah. But Regardless of that, you know, I, I, I would attest that like professionally and like everything, I guess first influence in that range because, you know, contrary to like a lot of people, like I never, I'm completely self-taught with like DJing and like, you know, like production and everything that I've ever done with, uh, I guess, creatively. Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, it was like just like looking and learning, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, everything from, you know, analyzing people's sets. I, I'll give like a perfect example, like Trentino when he was still like making a lot of videos and yeah. stuff. Um, that like up fader chop kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. What I used to do, like I, I told him this too and it was like funny as hell. And like it, <laughs> I like bounced one of those videos off of YouTube to see how he did that because I was like very into turntablism and I was starting to DJ. Like it was like production and turntablism. <laughs> so that was like my outlook on like Fuck yeah, that's music that I want to do. That's like a career. I want to fucking cut, make crazy routines, and make yeah. music. So it was like that's awesome. they're, they're like like uh, uh, electro progressive electro scene was coming up and everything like that. Big room was slowly starting to rise, mm -hmm. and then had like that contrast of like that world that I was learning from, and then like watching the Native Instruments guys like Crazy Shifty A yeah. Track and like that whole world unfold behind before my eyes, and I was like, <laughs> fuck. So I would like you know bounce one of Trenton's videos. And like see how he's doing, and I would bounce the video, slow it down to see the motion of how he was doing it, and then learn from that. So it was like one of those Jesus. things of like you just you, you you pull out all these like different influences and experiences, and like you just you figure out like you that it goes back to the whole thing like it's there yeah. for those who want it. Yeah. Like maybe there wasn't a tutorial for it, but like maybe there's something that you could dig a little bit deeper and like find. The secrets, or at least maybe a portion of the secret sauce to then make your own. Yeah. And that's a portion of big magic as well that I'm a true believer of. Like, you, don't get me wrong. There's people that have that just that creative touch, that you, creativity just flows out their ass at all times yeah, of the yeah, day. Yeah. Like, they just come up with the craziest <laughs> shit, whether it's drugs or not, that are just completely out of their mind and just, you know, debatably out of their mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, depends on what you look at it. But just have like the most crazy left field, just like something that you could never imagine or think of. That like maybe if I like was doing some crazy psychedelics that I could maybe think of, <laughs> but then there's like also like the other side of creativity where it's like, you know, you have something that influences you, and you kind of have your own interpretation of that, and that completely evolves into something new. Yeah, you know, like not everyone has that very special gift to just like have this 
come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it's special if you do have that. And sometimes it does come. Like, you have ideas where it's like, yo, like, this just came to me. I'm just going to spit it yeah, out real quick. Yeah. But those, those are like, it's, you know, we don't have as many, you know, Warhols or Busquets anymore. And even then, like, how do we truly know the way that they were, you know, able to come upon their ideas and, you know, the source of their creativity? Mm-hmm. How do we know that, um, you know, for example, like, Basque wasn't just looking at a bunch of weird things one day, like combine them and then just decided to, you know, figure out a way to draw it out or paint it out in a way that was just, you know, fuck it, I'm just going to try this. Yeah. It's going to be my style. Yeah. And next thing you know, it ends up being, you know, the world-renowned artist that he is to this yeah. day. Yeah. But it's like, there's all these ways and like different influences and stuff that really breaks down to being, you know, it's to be like multifaceted and to really have a rich understanding and outlook on a lot of the things uh, that you want to do creatively, I think like you have to pull like inspiration and like influence from like a multitude of different people. Not mm-hmm. too much so it's like mm-hmm. you have so much influence that you can't like narrow yourself down. That's Absolutely. It's very hard to like come down to. Yeah. But like, you know, it was like early on, I guess to finish off the topic, it was like, yeah. you know, Steve Angelo was for like that example for me. Yeah. Because it was just like everything was on point. It was like the, the visuals were on point. The music was on point. That's when Size Records was at like its peak. You know, like they had video coverage and it was like, this like set the standard mm-hmm. for everything that I was looking at. So everything below that. And that's like I had issues even initially on in my career too with like, like, you know, with not, I don't know if cocky is the right word, but like, you know, modesty was not in yeah. as much prevalence as it definitely should have been because it was like, yo, like this was my standard for everything. Like I went straight and like, that's debatable to say like straight to the top, but it's like, yo, everything is like insane. It's eclectic. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's like the, the craziest visuals and experience that you could possibly have at that yep. time. Like it was deep, dark, it was moody, it was meaningful, it told mm-hmm. a story. Yeah. Like it was every single record that size put out during that gener- like that time was just like, how the fuck did they do that? Dude. And it was just incredible. Every track. Every I one. still drop that shit in my sets if I can. I try. I try. <laughs> so happy to hear that. I try, man. I, I can't I mean I, like that was really that was my huge thing. When I really got into it, the, the first concert I saw was Avicii, but I really liked the electro. Sick. And I think, here? yeah. And well, it was it was actually at IU my freshman year, so that okay. was a, that was it. All kind of kicked off with Dead Mouse when I was in high school and shit. One of the first electronic songs I heard was Brazil. Okay. So it was very deep, eclectic, and then I started wanting a little bit more because you know it's just like party atmosphere. Of course. And I loved electro and the Steve Angelo sound, and then I realized over the course of time. I couldn't keep jumping, but I still liked kind of the intensity of the bass and, you know, the simplicity of it, you know, kind of like punchy uh, kicks and, you know, stab chords, all that type of shit that's really like boom, boom, boom. Synchronization, but there's a groove to it a little bit. And that's why I think I fucking love house music now is because I think kind of our generation, like, we can't keep jumping. We want to dance. We still love this music. So yeah, that's why these like festivals like Movement are getting more and more popular, huge. you know? I mean, they've always been huge, but it, it's crazy to see because you said something that reminds me of the saying. I don't know if you've heard of the saying, nothing is original. Yeah, it's all remix. Yeah, exactly. So, yes, things are original. Our conversation right now is original. I maybe never said these words in a line, but we're taking things from what we've seen or heard and we're making it our own. It's one big neural network at the end of the day. It's yeah. like memories, experiences. Like, yeah. if you really want to break it down to something of like something as 
very baseline level of like literally the words that we utter came from our parents and like other people so like realistically <laughs> yeah, even like shit. that was like the point of like how you talk is not by technicality not yours so yeah. like oh you sound like your dad it's not like your mom right? yeah literally it's just like oh that's not the way that you speak it's just like fuck me right and I, don't, I, don't, I can't even talk and it's not even my own words like oh shit oh my gosh but it's like that's like that yeah absolutely it's like nothing is original and it's just like it's all about where you stem something from and it's, just, it's cooking man it's like you know making yeah. music and like you know yeah. this, this world is just like you know great you combine a bunch of ingredients that mm-hmm. you know taste great you know on their own bound as long as you don't overdo it if you combine them that they're yeah. probably gonna make something great that might or might not have done been done before and you know dude there's like seven billion people in the world chances are some <laughs> other person on the planet has thought of something similar to you at a yes. point in time yes it's a different story like for example like the whole Cedric Gervais you know yeah. debacle if you will yeah it, it's one thing if it happens like once alright cool it's like you know if, if it was like that and granted didn't really come we had a whole video made on that we can link it or mm-hmm. you know do something like that yeah it's, spread some it's an important light video on it. but yeah, yeah. It's, it, it'd be one thing if it was like okay cool like there was some similarities it's another one of those things where it's like yo there's some similarities and you come out just like an asshole so like you know you fucked up and like you know you're wrong about it but you know chances are in many different scenarios there are very similar ideas and ways of doing things that just end up aligning Mm. in one way or another that are similar yeah you know like there was a record that even i made that like you know long like a while back i'm like fuck this is sick i want to really put this out and never ended up making it out but i think it was like a weathen track that came out it's like this kind of sounds similar in some ways and it's not like one of those things of like I ever thought because I, I used to hang out with the Win and Woo boys and like the Lewis Child studio back where they were at Fort Knox yeah. at a studio right next to theirs and we spent a lot of time together as well going back and forth but it was like like he's never heard it or like has the project fire or anything like that but it just goes without saying of like ideas kind of like go back and forth in this in that book big magic that i was talking about mm-hmm. the the author was explaining like ideas are like almost like living breathing things yeah like you know there might be a point in time she was explaining this like, I, I gotta tell a story because this is like it, it might be difficult to understand people that like aren't like hardcore into like you know the creative thinking and such like like culminating ideas on a regular basis yeah. but she was explaining that if you aren't there to like capture ideas and such like they will run away and like become someone else's mm-hmm. and they will leave you it's like trying to come back to a project that you started like four years ago it's like where was I going with this probably could finish it <laughs> the idea for it is yes. as cool as it might have been it's gone yeah. she was explaining of this like this book idea that she had like all these specific factors it was like in like Panama this woman was going down there and like you know this kind of crazy amount of detail to this story mm-hmm. and she goes to this um, I guess this author meeting or like conference month that she made like a joke of like yes authors have conferences <laughs> like, just, just like, like, like book conferences and shit yeah uh, um but she goes this this uh, this other writer that she very much looks up to, uh, uh, kind of expresses her like gratitude for like the things that she's done and everything, and they're becoming close. They become pen pals, and like three four months down the road, they link up for like another like conference or reading or something along the lines of that. I'm paraphrasing heavily, but they're talking about um, the lady that she met, the one that she's looking up to as an artist. That's not her friend. She's like, yeah, I'm onto this new book. Like I, you know, I'll, I'll explain to you like when we link up. She ends up like being like listing off everything but one very, very small detail in basically the exact same book 
that the original author was writing. Never once spoke about it. Never once had any like particular like I'm talking like down to like the nitty gritty like smallest details. Like I'm talking about like the grain in this wood type detail. God damn. Like of like your table like I'm feeling out right now. Like to that level of like detail where it's like there's never been anything shared. Transcription like nothing. It was all like hardcore paper. Like this is back in like a while back. To, like I'm, it was just incredible to think that yes, sometimes there are instances of ideas that transfer and like transgress on like I don't want to say spiritual but like like another dimension type thing almost where mm-hmm. it's like it's like passed along like it, 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 it's, it's it's tough to be able to explain as clearly and effectively as she did I follow, but yeah, it was yeah, like it was just mind blowing to realize that like ideas can be these living breathing things like two women that have never come into contact in any way shape or form in life shared the exact exact same idea and Damn. It, like there's no possible way that they could have ever crossed paths or like stolen something and it was like this big like it it, it it just goes to show man like you know there's you know there's there's bigger things out there than we have any clue and that's like the, that's like the magic of you know creating and like this this world that we live in and you know as much as it might be you know all this technology and things around us like there are most definitely like bigger things whether it might be you know I hate getting into like too much of the spiritual side of it but like you yeah know, no like the energy and vibes that things are like, you know, bounce back off. And yeah. just like, you know, music is like a perfect example of that. Like, it's a feeling, man. We, we make sound waves go through the air and, you know, it evokes emotion. Like, you know, <laughs> make, you make air move and someone might cry. And like, that's, that's a crazy way that's like, you look at it like that. And it's like, you know, there's, there's something bigger that we definitely don't. And who knows, maybe might not ever understand, but it's yeah. just something to still be appreciated. And, you know, it's a very special thing. And we're blessed to be able to say that we're creators and, you know, yeah. making things in any light, you know, that, you know, transgresses into you know, that realm of, you know, just energy and like transmitting that and sharing that. It's know? crazy. We, we put ourselves out there and it's just like, all right, well, it's out there. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, you know, that's like the scary part about it, but also like the beautiful part about it too. If, yeah. Dude, you got, like, I was just listening to something earlier today and it was talking about how like, if you, if you love something and you fear it, you've got to just do it. Yeah. Just fucking do it, you know? Like, literally, and I'll bring it up again. Like, before I actually even did the first episode of my podcast, there's, like, an approval process, sending it to iTunes, a real person listened to it, all this other shit. And I, like, remember my roommate has a funny video of me. (laughs) He, like, opens the door. I've been in my room for, like, five and a half hours. He hears me talking, (laughs) stop talking, talking, stop talking. And this was, like, when I really didn't even – I mean, I came from Indiana, so I didn't know a lot of people in Chicago. Right. So it was commentating. And I was, like, saying something, and I would mumble, and I would listen back and go, that's not good enough. You yeah. know, and I would be like sweating balls. <laughs> you know, like he has a video of me, and I'm just like armpit sweat up on my long sleeve <laughs> all the way down here because I'm so nervous. Your mate comes in, there's like a beer. Yeah, like he was like, like "What is going, going on? on here? You're talking so fast, you're talking so loud, and you stop and you do it again." And I'm like, "Dude, I'm trying to get the first episode out." He's like, "Dude, just put it out." Yeah, and I'm like, "You're right. I gotta get feedback. I gotta do it." And it always sounds different when it's out there, but then you just accept it. And then once I got over that fear, I'm just yeah. like. Fuck it. I don't care what I sound like. Let me just do this naturally and be who I am because yeah. as, as much as I try and make it structured in the beginning, you know, I didn't like that. Well, it's like a big thing too of that. It's like the, that's the scariest part is putting yeah. yourself out there because like we said yeah. earlier, is like it, it, it's scary to like have that idea of like the thing that you poured your blood, sweat, and tears into. Yeah. Like you might put it <laughs> out and people fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate there it. have been people like, that don't like it and, like, and yo, i man, just say all right fuck you for putting this out man like what the fuck's your problem yeah and but like dude that's like the thing of like it's it's terrifying 
and it was actually excuse me it was Austin it was it, it was it Austin or it was uh, it was Nick from Win and Woo mm-hmm. we sat down and it was before I put one of the few records that I put out and he's like man it's like the scariest part about doing it but like you just have to put shit out yeah. like just do it like everything else will come and like in recent years what I've like learned it's like that's the biggest thing like you can't be afraid of putting these things out there or like just doing things like it's worse and that was another thing in this book that it said too like yeah, like it's another give thing. me this fucking book too, too, too <laughs> big, big, big magic I'll, I'll look up at some point alright here we go writing it down the, the, big the magic I'll, I'll find it at some point yeah um, but it's like they were uh, it's like it's, it's so much worse the artist regardless of talent that has created so many things and has never put anything out in contrast to the person that is a total, like just terrible at what they do, but have so much effort into what they do, will yeah. always go so much further True. than the guy that has never put anything out yeah. or has never done. It's so much worse to do nothing in fear of failure mm-hmm. than something with failure because eventually from all that failure, you will learn. Like so you're true. going to figure out the ways that help you to win that help you to progress forward like the things that work the things that don't work yeah and it's like you know it, it just equates into this like load of variables that carry you to a formula of eventual excellence mm-hmm. and you can't do that or find that formula without really just fucking up an endless amount of times like the the it was so it was true. a book that I was reading in college. There was an article about these talent hotbeds around mm-hmm. the world that they're finding these like Olympic athletes, and the the thing that they found in common with all of them, and I'm again paraphrasing, is it's not they're not finding the niches of where they're good at things. They're finding the niches of where they're failing. They are pushing themselves to the point of failure and then discovering of how, why, and where that failure is coming from. Mm -hmm. And from learning where that failure is coming from, they can then learn on how to revise, get better, push harder, faster, stronger without Mm -hmm. hurting themselves Mm -hmm. or, you know, something even worse than that, you know, even ending a career from that, from their failure. And it's just like, there's no way that you can truly, like us as human beings, we learn from our mistakes. Yeah. You know, and it's shitty that we have a school system that, like, you know, penalizes you for making mistakes. Like, it should be rewarded for making mistakes. Like, <laughs> great. Like, you fucked yeah. up. Like, but here's the thing. It's asking the question of how you made that mistake. How you fucked up. Yeah. Because, like, and it's hard to, like, look at the times that, like, you messed up. Like, it's, because it's a shot at someone's pride. It's a, shot, it's a yeah. shot at someone's ego. Yeah. Like, I don't, no one wants to fuck up. Like, of yeah. course, everyone, would, if I, if everyone could be perfect, they would be. But, like... <laughs> It's not the way that things work, but yeah. it's like one of those things of like, it goes back to saying like, you know, set that ego and then, you know, aside and keep that modesty and work towards, you know, finding your flaws and be okay. Like we're, we're human. Like we're so fucked up in so many ways, but it's okay. <laughs> That's what makes us human. That's beautiful about, mm-hmm. you know, us as people. The imperfections. The imperfections are what make us in a, some ways perfect. Yeah. But it's like, it's hunting out those imperfections is like the way that we can truly progress and become better. Absolutely. You know, and it's just like, and it's okay to mess up. And it's just like, it's shitty that, you know, in a lot of ways, like say like for example, like DJing, just like very simple. Yeah. Like we, we would, you know, I'm sure even early on in your career, you have the same thought like, man, I just, I cannot mess up. 
I cannot screw up. And if <laughs> I do screw up, it's going to be the worst thing in the world that could ever happen to me. Like, I'm yeah. fucked. They're never going to book me again. My career will end. Yep. But it's like, no. Like, you have to, like, and those like the dues that you truly pay yeah. in your career early on, once you do kind of climb that ladder, mm-hmm. like, you've, you know, it's a sh- like in, a, in some ways, like, you got to eat the shit sandwich. Like, you got to, like, you yeah. know, you got to just, you know, suck it up and take the hits. Because that's how you learn. Like, you don't learn, you know, like a boxer doesn't learn from never getting hit, you know, how to, you know, dodge and understand how to <laughs> be a boxer. Fucking like, hit. He's got to get his ass rocked a few times. Like, no boxer is ever going to be like, I've never been hit. Like, yeah. chances are they're not very good boxers and not boxers at all. Like, you learn from your failures. Yeah, you do. You know, like, and it's it's all those times I had a good friend of mine, Max Pannons. Oh, yeah. Know as well. Yeah. We, we, it was the other night, we were, we were playing together at Electric Hotel, like, mm-hmm. I think this last Sunday. Yep. And one of the CDJs, like, was malfunctioning, mm-hmm. which CDJ 2000 Nexuses are notorious for doing, like, yep. if they're, especially if they're not well serviced. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, one of the decks was just tweaking out. I was like, dude, like, he's, like, just popped in the booth not long after I showed up. He's mm-hmm. like, dude, you know what's going on? Like, this left CDJ is, like, tweaking. I can't. It's not working. Nothing's happening. Like it's showing like an error. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, yeah, you just gotta restart it. Like set set a set a loop, uh, like a roll loop roll on the mixer, and like you know just play a second track on like left deck. He's like, wait, like, what do you mean? Could you just do it for me? Like I don't understand how to do it. Like I'm like, yeah, no problem. Like, gotcha. Like, I'll show you. Yeah. And it was just like he's like, dude, how the fuck did you do that? How the fuck did you know how to do that? And it's just like <laughs> plenty of experience. Yeah. Like, messing that up and having time. You've asked that question like, before, yeah. Yeah, and I've had that question of like, yo, how do you do that? Like, how do you figure that out? And like from times like one of my first residencies at Shea, um, nice. I, I was I was you know it was my first residency downtown. Totally shit pay. Like you know like worthless. <laughs> I had to be there for like six hours, like for two hundred dollars every single Friday. Like, just terrible. <laughs> retrospect but like a, the biggest hard on I could have ever had in the world for like yeah. that first gig because I was like one of the first rest, first big like it's River North big baby. Yeah, of course, big yeah. downtown residencies you know you could yeah. have so she was a kid at that age I was definitely underage at that time but we didn't have that <laughs> too much in writing but getting to the point I was opening up for one of my now one of my friends uh, DJ Karma yeah um, and you know open up for him and this was during the time I can't remember if I was playing on sticks at the time yet or if I was on a laptop these are in the time that, like, you know, I think they had techs, uh, turntables, Technics 1200s. Yeah. Um, so there was no extra, you know, Serato box. It was like an SL3 and an SL2. So there's one in one way out. Ugh. So, like, there was no room. In the, and that was when the booth was still tiny, too. There was no room <laughs> for an extra CDJ so you can, like, you know, play something out. You at least had, like, a few minutes to play. Like, you had to have your laptop ready. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was definitely Technics 1200s. I remember that because that was one of the reasons why they even let me have that residency because I could play on <laughs> turntables. That was like one of the only things for sure that was selling yeah. point. But um, you had to have your like your laptop ready. You had to, you know, your vinyl and needles ready to go, if, mm-hmm. if, especially if the guy wasn't like willing to like let you play off his stuff right. for a few minutes while you you know you traded all your gear out, mm-hmm. keep the club going. Um, That's ridiculous. I, I loop roll on. He goes on and I like my residency, like the bounds of it was I'd open and I'd close. So I open up for him, like, fine, everything goes well, like, transitions on, like, dude hops on, goes, crushes it, and Karma always does a great job. Yeah. Um, and then I go to go back on to close out for him, have everything ready to go, like, about to swap out the USBs, and, you know, if anyone has had a night out with Karma, and Karma's in the, the right state of mind, like, you know, which is plenty of nights. Yeah. You will get fucked up with Karma. <laughs> Like, and this is when I was still drinking, and it's just like, I don't really drink anymore, but like, yo, yeah. like, Karma and you, like, that man has no bounds of tequila. 
Like, it's crazy. So, like, night full of drinking and stuff like that, too. We're having a good time. Like, yeah. whatever. Go to hop back on. He goes to put the loop roll, and I can't remember if it was, like, the roll, uh, if, if it was him or I, but hits the roll, cranks the, like, effects now to basically, like, you know, basically start a loop on the mixer so you yeah. can trade out laptops. Yep. And it goes... It starts fading. Oh shit! It starts fading. Oh god! It starts fading, and I realized he put it on echo, or it was either echo or slip roll because we were both fucked up. <laughs> and I'm freaking out, trying to get my laptop plugged in. Right. I wasn't like super well versed. I was still young. Like, I had a few years under my belt DJing. I was well versed enough to like you know play clubs, but not so much to the point of like I could instantly get on, just like it, like start you know. You're closing. Knowing this exactly is two a.m. Yeah, you know, it's, it's two, three in the morning. Yeah. even later than that. Yeah, you know, I'm like trying to freak out, like figure out what song I'm gonna play that he didn't already play. You know, what I can drop right away. What I can even knowing better that like a, a quick keyboard shortcut that I can throw it in internal mode and just play a mode. Until I thought I had to set up my turntables too. <laughs> even to play a record, so I'm like freaking out. Club managers are losing their shit. Oh yeah, and that was the time too. Where like they, you know, they weren't the nicest people either. That's in a conversation yeah. <laughs> like they're freaking the hell out but it's like you know it's like yo like I was explaining the mess like yo these are the experiences uh-huh. that are like I don't want to say pay your dues but like you just learn from mm-hmm. to be able to figure this stuff out yep and it's the beauty of like you know you you know you just have to screw up a bunch of times to be able to learn yeah. and now setting a loop roll is like nothing like I've had times like in the middle of a set like I'll be headlining somewhere and like one of the CDJs will die that like the deck is playing out <laughs> and it's like it's on and I'll, I'll usually play off one stick and, yeah. link them. Yeah. and the one deck that's like going haywire is the one that has the stick in it yep and I don't have time to like you know throw over Take to something it out else. Or figure so it I'm just out, like yeah. you know like now it's a very common thing. Like throw a loop roll on in the mixer and then like just reset the CDJ. Like yeah, so yeah. hopefully they don't notice too much and you try to set set at least somewhat of a strategic loop. Yeah. So that it's not going to be annoying for like the thirty you know couple. Well, it always seems like it's a lot longer than it is. But like what yeah. fifteen to thirty seconds it takes for a CDJ to People boot up and find a new song. Yeah. Then you know play a new track. Yeah. Um, you know, so now it's a casual thing. Where before it's just like, imagine the first time, like first couple of times you were playing, and the CDJ did that, and you had no clue oh. that you could set a loop roll on the mix. Like you'd be fucked, dude. Fucked. And you remind me of a story when it was kind of like my call my freshman year in Chicago. <laughs> I was actually DJing in the same lineup as Danger Way, and it was like a Lollapalooza after party at Light. I think it was. Oh hell yeah! I show up with one USB, so excited, left Lala early, bringing people. You know, absolutely. I can't find a fucking Ethernet cord in the whole entire place. I'm asking the bartender, do you have any Ethernet cords? <laughs> I'm going downstairs that are doing construction, lifting boxes up, trying to find, because I got there oh a little early, thank God. God. It's like the fucking owner and like somebody else, like, who are you? You know, I'm like 22 or 23. He's like, yeah. who the fuck is this kid? I'm like, do you have any Ethernet cords? <laughs> He's like, no, like, figure it out. And I, there's nothing. And so the whole fucking time, I'm like, Start a song, start a stop song, start a song. I was like, this is my worst nightmare. Ever since then, literally ever since then, I have three USBs at every <laughs> single fucking gig because I just do sticks. And I've like always, even before, triple check on my CDJs in my room. Do these work? Yeah, they're good. Yeah. And it's just, I made that mistake and now I never will again. I've done that same thing a few times too. Yeah. And it was then, I, I would for... I would bring all my cables with me too, so I'd have. I've definitely I, I, done that I, too. I, I, I for like a few years now. Now everything's kind of like uniform, right? Um, but I for sure for like a multitude of years brought <laughs> every single cable you could ever imagine. <laughs> I would have an extra pair of RCAs. I would yep. have an oh. extra Ethernet. I would have 
um, an extra set of power cables for the CD. Dude, I used to bring my tractor sometimes, like in the beginning. <laughs> I would I would walk in fucking wrecking ball crew. Right? Crazy man, I miss Native Instruments. Dude, dude I, I still fuck. I I, I I played a fucking private event game with my tractor recently. I was like, yeah, I kind of miss the tractor <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, but dude, I mean, it, it's crazy. Uh, I, I want to ask you though, your photography. I want to acknowledge you first up on it. Thank you. This guy walks in with a fucking sick camera, two lenses, by the way, people. Just no big deal. Takes it out of his fucking pocket on his jacket. He's like, yeah, putting this down. How are you? You know, I'm like, what? Benefit of shooting small primes. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Uh, your, your your branding, your style, so to speak, on Instagram is very unique. I love it. It's visually appealing. It's like, it's warm, but dark. It's moody, like you said earlier. Thank you. Your, your bio says an artist of sight and sound, right? Mm. I wonder the difference between the two on a sensory level and also the similarities, in your opinion. Well, the, the, the sensory level of things, that's something that at least throughout my career that I've tried to um, link up and kind of become cohesive in a way is that the feeling that they both evoke, you know, mm -hmm. I, I'm someone that is very much as much as I love dance music and, you know, ranges from everything from, you know, drum and bass of like Ivy Lab Noisia and like Cohen sound to like everything of like listening to uh, like things like Basecamp and uh, Klein mm. uh, and like Marabou State and like, you know, things like that and having like a very wide range is, you know, a, a deep emotion that is evoked through either listening to something or seeing something. And mm -hmm. we all know when we see something, you know, that it's like, whether it's a fuck, how do they make that? Or like, yeah. wow, like it really yeah. just, <laughs> it, it takes you back and you have that just like, best way like an eclectic experience yeah and regardless of like the genre level of energy and what it might be whether it's you know a, a picture of a tr like you know a very you know thought-provoking and kind of dark moody picture of a train mm -hmm. or you know something that you know is like in more street photography terms like a like a like a image of someone like a homeless man in the street that like you know yeah. you, could, you could see just like you know the the story being told you know, through every wrinkle on the man's face. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I can't remember my, my boy put me on to him. Like a very well-known photographer um, guy, like like photographs homeless people. And like people freak out about it all the time. Like, you know, what's, you know, the gears used, but it's not about that. It's about, you know, the story that's being told and the emotion that's being evoked through the sight, the image, like the expression on someone's face. like. Mm -hmm composition of the image like you know the, all the all the small very small finite details that realistically no one is ever going to notice or like pick out unless they're like critics of the thing yeah but like the way that you compose the entire thing and i mean compose not exactly like composing an image like in the way of the framing but i mean like make the whole image to favor a certain light story or emotion mm -hmm. and that kind of goes the same thing with music as well um you know, like hearing something that evokes that emotion or like, you know, takes you back to something, whether it's something that you're listening to old or, yeah. you know, like something that makes you happy, something that makes you, you know, deep and emotional, something that, you know, chills you out, something that you can play in the background while you're doing work the whole time. Like, yeah. you know, there's something special to be said about that. And, you know, my thing that I've always been hunting on about is like things that are deep and kind of emotional and moody. Yeah. And, you know, you can obviously see it in, like, the imagery and stuff like that. And in the more musical sense, of, it's been some time that I've, like, worked on it. Definitely show you some more stuff later. We haven't really yeah. got the time yeah. opportunity, but, you know, definitely show you some, hopefully soon. You yeah. Know, I have a lot of plans with, with music and things. It's just waiting to get it to a level that, you know, I, I, I feel confident enough to start putting it out with. And of course, go back to the same conversation. Yeah. Just fucking put it on, which... <laughs> 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to. Don't make Nick mad, man. Yeah. yeah, I know. So I'm, I'm working out his suit. It's, it's He's going to listen to this one, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of things coming soon. And then hopefully in the next few months, that, you know, things will start. Because, you know, with, with music in addition, it's it's one of those things to really be able to make a career out of it. Like, you have to be very consistent. So at least, Absolutely. At least, regardless of quality, I at least want, like, you know, a certain amount of things. You're stuck like ready, ready to go. So Absolutely. it's like you have months on months of music. So like, yo, you have a drought. You're not feeling everything creatively. Regardless of how many hours you put into it for a month, like you at least have things, you know, to follow up with consistently. So it's like... That's you know, a common theme, man. That's it, smart. So like yeah. there's like 10, 15 tracks realistically that are like in, in rough areas, maybe like three three to maybe eight that are ready to be put out after some final touches. Okay. Um, but like it's just being ready to like have that come out. And I hope to just evoke similar emotions and kind of have a cohesive um, you know feeling that you just feel and, and whether it's you know through happy sad emotion it's just like you know there's a certain story and certain kind of like just vibe of things that you just like feel with mm -hmm. a different artist like mm -hmm. for example like you know even like a Diplo or a DJ Snake like they're very multifaceted like yeah. the ways they do but like you know Snake went from you know put out a, a Latin record with, you know, Taki Taki came yeah. out. Then he put a hard dubstep record with the South Side. And then he had, um, what was it after that? It was, um, man, it was just like, he had like Enzo, which is like a trap rap track. And it was like followed up by all these other things. And it's just like, like the days of where an artist has to put out the same exact thing every single time mm -hmm. is like irrelevant. Like find a way and like evolve yourself as an artist that you can, do different things like yeah. you know Steve Gerrard example that we were talking about earlier. yeah like yo fantastic I love hearing that from like you know someone like him that he's able to do all these different things yeah because it just shows that he's gonna be able to find something from these different things but you could probably hear or feel in some way shape or form in the different genres and different pieces of music that he has that there's something there about him and regardless if he's I think I even when I was listening he still struggles to find his sound yeah but like realistically like you know my boy and I talk about this all the time. It's like, yo, like, don't tweak about even finding your sound. Like, even if you're, even if you try carbon copying a record, yeah, like front to back, like you have an idea for something like, yo, I want to make it just like this. Mm -hmm. As a producer, you have thousands upon hundreds, if not millions of the, thousands of decisions <laughs> that you have to make through the entire record yeah. that will end up making them sound your own. Even if you do try to make it sound exactly like this, you're gonna make some other decisions like, hey, maybe this sounds good instead. Yeah. And by the end of that record, it's gonna sound completely different. Right. Might there be inspiration and kind of, you know, you know, pieces that you took from something else? Yes, but you made it your own. There's so many decisions that are involved in a record, regardless of its complexity, that truly will make it different even if you are completely trying to carbon copy something. Like if you're truly trying to make something and not just, all right, cool, I'm just, as an exercise, I'm trying to carbon copy the record. I'm trying to get it as close to sounding versus you want to make something like this. Right. You know, so, hmm. you know, it's that, that on a, like a production level too. It's, yeah. it's just, you know, it's there's all these different ways that you could kind of come upon that. But to kind of, you know, finish off and answer the question and yeah. just general, it's like, yeah. You know, the artist assigned and sound thing, it's just a means of, you know, evoking an emotion and a certain sense of feeling mm -hmm. that I get when I listen to something that makes me feel a special way mm -hmm. and trying to make my own imprint of that same emotion and share it with people that have either experienced it and enjoy experiencing it and like I might be another outlook for them or someone that maybe hasn't experienced it yet and I'm their first kind of like intro 
to that feeling of like wow Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I love that feeling. Of like, wow, I've never heard anything like this before. I've never yeah. seen anything like this before. Like, yeah, I, I love the way this looks. I love the way it sounds. Like, you know, it just it just feels right. I know. And when that feeling of when it just it all yeah. comes together and it feels right, and it's like it's it's a very specific feeling. Anyone knows that knows that has felt it before knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's hard to explain. <laughs> maybe some maybe because I'm terrible at explaining it. No, but I like it. Not, nonetheless, I'm just like it's that same thing, and everyone has their own way of feeling it and own specifics of what makes them feel like that. And for me, that was always my driver to being a creative and, you know, being a producer and, you know, you know, making music and, you know, photography and stuff like that as well. Yeah. You know, like, the, the, I don't know if it's another question, but I don't know, another <laughs> tangent we can go on to, but like yeah. the, the way that I even got into it in general, like photography and like the creative agency that I started and stuff, just kind of like the visual side of my creativity was I, I lost everything I ever made creatively. Um, really? A few years back, yeah, like everything. I used to um, like this MacBook that you have here, like the, like the 2013 miles before they traded over to like the uh, very sleek, fucked up keyboard design. Uh, that's like the <laughs> yeah, like, the ones that still had all the USB ports and stuff. So oh, I got this custom made. I had to I had to have fucking USB ports and oh, SD yeah. cards. Oh yeah, I love that you can still rock that thing. I, <laughs> I, I wish I never upgraded, but yeah, I luckily you. I'm not having any keyboard issues yet. But getting to the point, yeah, um, this has the SD card slot still in it, and a, and a way to um, get some more space without having to upgrade your hard drive was they built. Uh, micro SD card adapters that would fit flush with the SD card slot in your MacBook. Mm. So what ended up happening was I had all my my music, my graphics, because like, you know, over the years that I was making music and, you know, yeah. everything from mixes, you know, productions and so on and so forth, make it like small graphic design or nothing like as, you know, it was definitely not the level that I can do now. Yeah. But was still making my own graphics and like visuals and so on and so forth for all my own music and other people as well. Um had that all backed up, but had it primarily stuck on that drive so I can keep as much space free on my laptop's hard drive yeah. to be able to keep it running quick when I did want to offload. Stuff. Absolutely. So that was right around the time that I was beginning to get into photography. Not long after I bought my first camera, I think it was after my first or second trip back from New York, um, and I took the SD cards uh, that had everything on it, and to get some context, yeah. I had everything back up on external drives, but... I deleted everything off the external drives so I could set up the time machine backup to back up everything all at once. So yeah. as soon as I plugged in my laptop, it would back up my laptop and it would back up the drive installed. Yep. Got lazy that week and forgot to put the uh, the setting for the time machine backup to finish backing up everything for the SD card. Yeah. So oh, no. everything that I deleted to be able to create space for it to begin backing up that way. So it was like, it'd be a indifference to like if I was just going to manually drag everything over to the drive to back it up versus just, you know, one click, everything's already like there. Like, it's right. Go. Make, just make, make my life a little bit easier instead of having to like copy and paste everything like every every week because there's a lot of things I'm going I'm going on. through that process right now. Happy yeah. to help you. Like I'll yeah. show you like, because now I have like six different stages of backups. So <laughs> I, 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 I take no chances anymore. But yeah. um, I, long story short, like the, the SD card ends up getting corrupted. Like I tried taking like a professional, like forensic level data recovery center. They wanted like $6,000 even like beacon tearing apart like the SD card up front Jesus yeah like up, up front to be able to even begin and even then like it was not guaranteed they get any if like at all any data back um, and well like a crazy amount of like engineering that would have been having to go to like raw data pulled off the card oh my so God. like it was like the construction of basically like the card itself so like basically like I just chalked up as a loss I wasn't even like really mad about it like I was like let down 
but I kind of like accepted it and I just looked at it like as a fresh slate. Like there was a yeah, lot of yeah. projects that I lost that were like, you know, pretty much ready to go. Like that track that you heard in that, uh, in the, in the, like we spoke earlier about the yeah. short film that I made, that was one of the ones that was lost in the project. But I luckily had the masters still saved somewhere. The, granted, the masters sound like shit in comparison to what I can do now, but <laughs> you know, the, like the kind of resources that I have now, but nonetheless, yeah. Project files and everything from all those times. I'm talking like hundreds, if not a couple thousand project files of like everything from graphics, videos that I've made, like promo, uh, project files, like raw data, everything. Like outside of like masters that I had like uploaded to SoundCloud that were on like private links and like in iTunes that I had, completely gone. Everything that wasn't basically on my laptop and which was very few was gone. So I took that upon me to kind of like, I subconsciously, I didn't really plan on it. Like I didn't want to stop making music, but like I kind of like took that as like an opportunity. Like I started getting more and more into like photography, filmmaking, like the more graphic design and the more visual aspect of like my career that I was definitely involved in and doing while I was making music, but like not to the level that really that I wanted to be. Like keep in mind, I was looking at for a standard like Steve Angelo stuff. Yeah. So I was like that level of like cinematography, like mm-hmm. you know, craft design, like super just in, incredibly well thought out and forward thinking, and like years beyond anyone else was doing at the time, you know, marketing, PR, graphics, like the the whole nine yards, like the the full encompassment of like all the careers that were going into like that time period, with like the umbrella that was yeah, the yeah, yeah. Angela thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like took it upon myself, and I'm just like, yo, I'm just gonna, you know, like I ended up kind of like taking like a little step back from music. And like I focused on like really getting good at like photography. Like I carried my camera, I'll be everywhere. I was filming everything, like just taking pictures of everything. Started to get good at like graphic design and like, you know, really just started to focus a lot of time and energy into that. And then kind of realized that like, great, I'm doing things with this now. Like I began to start my own company with it. Like initially started off as like a base for me to post all like the work that I was doing. Like I, I'll explain my short film, if you, anyway, yeah. my social media, yeah. you know, like links and stuff like that. You'll find like the yeah. short film where I explain a lot of the stuff that it was initially like an out, you know, like an outlook for me to like post all the work that I was doing away from music to find, cause I wasn't like finding fulfillment. Like I was doing all this work that I liked doing, Yeah. but like it wasn't, didn't feel, fu- you know, I wasn't fulfilled from doing anything. I mean, it's like, yeah, dickhead, because like the only <laughs> people that are seeing the shit you're doing is like, the couple people that either commissioned you for it or like <laughs> that you just happen to show like, yeah, there's some cool shit that I made. Like you see it? And yeah. That was like pretty much it. So like just more so building a community and not even like wanting to get attention from it, but more so just like put it out in the world and like, you know, share it. Yeah. That's the whole point. Like, you know, and like build that community with other creatives uh, of, of any means, whether it's in, who knows, maybe you got a job, maybe you find someone that's on the same page and you know, now you can be on like the same creative level with someone else that you, Maybe had no clue of before just from putting it out there. So hmm. started off with that and then kind of came into the idea of like building it into like creative agency and artist collective. So uh, artist collective and mannerism that like it's like a home for fellow artists, photographers, graphic designers to like, you know, gonna set up soon here in a like like a storefront that you can like sell prints and sell work and sell merch and like yeah. make some money off this stuff outside of this like commissioned work and like you know you, you make cool shit people like wearing cool shit like yeah. you know great like, <laughs> you know, like let's make you know let's make this work and like you know yeah. truly split profits and stuff it's not like you know i'll make this website like yeah give me your graphics and design i'll, I'll make it in the merch for you and you know just collect all the checks yeah you know truly make it like yo like i'll take a like a very small portion of like what you can do but like yeah let's make this a home for people to you know, share their work and, you know, get something from it outside from like real, like a, like a social media pat on the back, so to speak in yeah. terms of likes and comments. And right, like, right, right. 
that's the artist collective side of it. And then the creative agency side of it is like, okay, cool. Now we have all these artists that, you know, are making super cool stuff and are coming together under like kind of one roof. Great. Let's kind of apply this to like kind of a, a marketing PR and like freelance standpoint. So like we have all these able-bodied people and even while it's right now mainly just like my own work and people that things that I've done for other people, mm -hmm. um, let's have all these other creatives, artists, you know, designers and just, you know, kind of just that whole umbrella of people and use that to kind of forward it towards bigger tasks. Like, great, let's bid out a thing for like Coca-Cola. Let's yeah. bid out a thing for some like small company or nightclub here. Yeah. Great. I'll figure out the art direction of what they like, yeah. how they want to do it. And we can have all the people that are equipped, which like granted, like I could probably do it all on my own, but like I'd rather feed someone else like, yo, you could probably do this in half the time. Yeah. This would be something that you'd be really good at and maybe even find a way that you could even do it better. Like we can work on this together and like figure out a way to like make it like a business out of it too. Like a yeah. creative agency. Like have all these people that are like doing like dope shit. Yeah. Because like when it really breaks down to it, you have like we see marketing and like promotions and all these things all the time, but it's like the ones that really make you be like, damn, that's like sick. That's like the shit you share with your friends. Like you, the, 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 you yeah. go out of your way to like, yo, I'm gonna share that out with my friend. Like that's <laughs> the stuff that truly is effective. Yeah, it's like true. it's not the, like the like it's not like the Chips Ahoy article or something like that, or like or like marketing <laughs> things. Like ah, that was funny. And you forget about it. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff that's memorable, meaningful, is the things that like really have that impact on you. You like you share it. Like you you know, like forward it to people. And that's like the things that really matter. So it's like finding the ways to create that in like any light, any market, any kind of, uh, you know, medium or segment of any which market yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. And you know, like the, you know, it's tough. Like I've, I've had a few people work with me in the past, but you know, finding people that kind of have like the same outlook and mindset towards things that like kind of carry it forward. So it gets tough, but hey, I mean, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're a creative that, yeah. you know, is down to kind of push the balance and make some cool shit and, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully, you know, try to just change the world in your own way. And, yeah. You know, let's, let's talk. Let's figure out some ways that we can get creative and like do something bigger than something that we could do together and you know, yeah. maybe something bigger than we ever imagined that we could do. So with that being said, yeah. um, you know, that was the whole kind of outlook to that. And then now just last year getting back into music, but unfortunately put on some pounds in, in, in the music sense I, I always compare like you know keeping up with like creative like tasks like yeah. going to the gym yeah so it's like yeah I'm like no shit sherlock you haven't been you haven't barely touched ableton outside of making edits <laughs> in a couple little mess around sessions here and there like yeah you know, no shit you're not being able to pump out music the way you used to like when you're right. like, balls deep in this stuff, like every single day you're looking at yourself in the fucking mirror and calling yourself out like yeah that. so just like you have to like you know yeah like this is gonna suck and like realistically finally getting back to a point where like satisfied with like my music creation I'm like you know finally hopefully gearing up for a few releases in the next few months but mm -hmm. it's like yeah finally shut off the pounds I was like solid like at least six to eight depressed months of looking at my music self in the mirror like a fat ass <laughs> like yo I hate my life <laughs> so it's like it's great that you know I've finally shut off a few pounds in there but it's like you know yeah. all kind of coming back together now with like you know the time away from music and spent on like the visual sense. So that's why it's like the, 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 the tag or moniker, like artists of sight and sound has come together to, you know, have one umbrella statement of like, yo, like I've always wanted to make music and I never want to give up on that. But mm -hmm. I also don't want to get, you know, give away or like let go of this also the visual side of things. Like yeah. I just want to make shit all the time. I want to make dope shit all the time and the things that's, you know, makes me feel something whether it be music yeah, and, and combining it all and that's yeah. the, what I'm doing right now yeah you know now it's like 
finding resources and you know from all the things that I've learned like making it more of like an art direction sense so like cool unfortunately you can't hold the camera direct point people in the right direction make the music and do it like there's not enough time in the day so now it's like cool yeah. you've learned everything now you can at least point people in the right direction without micromanaging mm -hmm. or like not being able to communicate truly what's to be able to be done so it's like you at least have these ideas now of how you can do all these things and how you can put it all together and understand all the resources that are out there that can be done you know like anything is anything yeah the whole point of like the creative agency so it's like Great, might be able to hit up my boy that can, you know, it's a photographer uh, that can help with me work on this project that is also a creative that is not just going to take pictures of me or like, you know, this project. Yeah. Yo, let's talk. Let's figure out these ways to do like, I have like this, 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 and this, and the, uh, let's like incubate these. What do you think about like this or this? And then it's bounce back and forth and then they become something bigger than you what you could thought. Right. Same thing with music, speaking other producers, same thing with filmmaking. Like it all comes together and like that's the project that I'm working on now under myself and like a few other of these guys that I'm handling art direction for is like, yo, let's open up the conversation of like what's possible. And mm -hmm. with the understanding of all these other mediums of creativity and, um, you know, creation, you slowly but surely evolve into something bigger that connects and that's the thing like with music and like things that you said like the best like graphics and like ads and like things like that it's like something that's like familiar like has like a play on something like the uh for like example like like for example like a house song that samples like a rap record or a pop record that like is like very slightly put in there mm. but like enough where you're like able to recognize like oh yeah. shit that's sick i can't believe you just said holy shit and then like <laughs> you're like oh wow like damn i couldn't believe that it just yeah. happened it's like you know it has that like connection that deep rooting feeling because it's something familiar yeah and that's how those things and it's like it's those connections that you make in your mind and whether it's through sound or sight, like, oh shit, I think I might have seen that. So, like, mm -hmm. you're all the time, especially, excuse me, especially now, it's like, oh yeah, like that, that, you know, major artist or thing of like, yeah, that was like in this article or that. Like, this is so sick that they like turn this into this or that. Or it's mm -hmm. like, you know, this guy that's making this like t shirt brand, like collab with this guy. And it's like six years later, like, you're doing <laughs> this. And it's supreme now. It's like, yeah. you know, and it's like, you, you realize all these things. And it's like, the, the, the true meaning of like, you know, this creativity is not to do it on your own, but like link up with do it with other people because that's yeah. how you make it so much bigger and better than what you ever could have done. Dude, a fucking man. That's that's why I do this, you know? Like, Same. I want to serve other people. I want to give them a platform to share their story and I want to work with other people and collaborate. Like, just this conversation we've been having yeah. has been more meaningful than probably the 10 times we'd run, each other, run into each other at Fremont or some shit, right? Of course, yeah. You know, and, and, and in the long run, it could be something that I think of you down the road or vice versa. And, yeah. and you're, you're so right about everything you just said. I fucking love it, man. Yeah, man. And likewise, like, I, I appreciate you taking the time to do all this stuff too because, like, it goes without saying, like, it, it sometimes, like, sh doing stuff like that, especially in the early days, like, it, it sucks sometimes. Like, it'd you don't be easy get the to, It'd be easy to stop. It'd be very easy just to stop. stop. But, like, yo, look at what you've done. Dude, I can't like, stop you're, like, I do, like, you know, like, I don't really know you that well. Yeah. Like, I'm proud that you've stuck through it for this long because, like, you yeah. have something to say for yourself. Something yeah. to show for yourself now. And not for anyone else but yourself to be like, yo, <laughs> the end of the day, like, someone's talking shit, like, yo, fuck you. Like, I've done this for not anyone else but myself. Yeah. To see, like, I have pride that mm -hmm. I've put forth the time, effort, and energy to build this from nothing. I do. I operate with a chip on my shoulder, you know. And you should, man. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's an accomplishment to say that you've stuck it out for this long. And, yo, regardless of where it goes, yeah. 
have pride that you've at least done it. Yeah, and I regardless appreciate of where that, you I take agree. it or where it where it goes, man, like you know, be proud that like you've at least taken the time to do it because there's a lot of other people that will never end up taking the leap of faith. They just try. <laughs> that's it's a, I it's appreciate a terribly that. sad thing, man. That it a lot is. of people won't, but like, yo, man, like seriously, like props to you. Thanks, man. And Thanks, I'm glad man. that we can at least like connect like creatively and yeah. stuff as well. And like, you know, oh, we're hanging out, dude, for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely have to I got a million questions. Sure. <laughs> Help me with my hard drive. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll, the hard drive stuff will get going, man. I, I hope to God that you never lose anything. And I want to I've help got, you never lose it. I just got a four terabyte backup. I got a terabyte on here, but I got to get more. And I'm we'll backing see. that up with backing that up. And then I have a separate one with just the podcast stuff. I still don't feel safe. We'll, we'll set you up. I'm like, like well, at least two cloud stages of backup and initiative. <laughs> Usually, like, you know, two, two stages of backup on the hard level is like more than enough that's true but that's, that, true. that's more tech what if the apartment builds down, b- burns down no i gotta have got cloud there you go there you got t- i got two stages of cloud backup too there you go jesus christ i gotta have at least some stages but uh you're right lord knows the apartment burns down I'm still climbing up that fucker to get down. <laughs> <laughs> right, dude right. i i've had those fears in my life i got fucking renter's insurance one one apartment because i was like you know what I got this weird fucking feeling that the pipes are going to burst in this bitch. <laughs> Please don't tell me that actually burst. They did not. They did Thank not. God. But I just had that feeling, you know? But anyway, I, I, my last question for you is, what is your long-term goal or your dream? That's a tough thing to say, man. Do you it's have that like, defined yet? And, and it's that's, a, that's something that I think I have an umbrella statement of what I want to say. And yeah. dare I pose the same question to you? Like, do you have it figured out yet? Yeah, I do not. I think I have a dream. A long-term goal. I really want to be on television and do panels and and have a, a new age format of interviews. You know, whatever that might be in five, ten years. Is television going to be on YouTube? Is it going to be run through the radio or the? I don't. I don't fucking know. You know. Yeah. So I'm going to roll with it while I while it's going on yeah, now. 100%. But like you said, at the end of the day, I'm just going to keep doing my thing and loving it. No, and that's more than admirable, and that's yeah. fucking the exact way that I like. And I, and I pose that question because it's a way of maybe you don't have the answers yet, but that's also at the same time too the beauty of being at the age we're at because like really yeah. that's the whole pursuit of like what we're doing. Like we're trying to find ourselves. Like we're yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. hunt to like find our purpose in life. And, Granted, that's a grandiose, you know, like thing of like, I, I, you're what right. the fuck am I meant to do in life? Yeah. But like, we, you have like an idea, but that's like what we're hunting for. And that's like the whole point of like just doing shit, regardless of what you do, like figure it the fuck out. Like we don't, not all of us have like, you know, these things holding us back from truly being able to just yeah. try. Yeah. Like figure it out. Even if you do fuck up and like you get so close to winning and like you give up and do something else, like. Maybe it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Maybe you have something else that was like, you know, truly meant for you. Like you're figuring it out. But that's the thing. Like I'd rather fuck up on 17 things and like that I could have maybe won big on. Yeah. And then later one day at 32 years old, found the one thing I'm great at and double down and win. Yes. Then being that guy that wishes just miserable that I've been doing the same thing the entire time, my entire life. Yeah. Haven't tried anything different and then <laughs> die with that regret that I never tried something different. That's the best answer ever. I totally agree. I will not be in the rocking chair saying I should have done, I could have done, I would have done. Yeah, just like that there more. So like, you know, like realistically, like I have an idea that, you know, I was put on this earth to like make things. I was born to create, whether it be with my hands, my mind, 
you know, I'm a shit singer, so I can't say my voice. Skateboard. Yeah, <laughs> riding on the boosted board, like ma- ma- making anything with wheels go fast for my racing days and stuff like that with bikes. But nonetheless, it's um, to, 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 to make things and, you know, to share the emotions that, you know, I feel when I come upon something special and I get those feelings. And, you know, if I can help improve someone else's life in any way, shape, or form, you know, through the things that I make, whether it be from a monetary value of, you know, just, you know, giving back to charities or even starting a charity one day, um, or whether it's like giving people a way out of something that maybe is terrible in their life, but like, yo, here's something creative that like gives you a path to go down on that like could save your life. Yeah. Or, you know, even if in any way, shape or form helping someone else, you know, whether it be through a means of creativity or just the means of abilities that you've been able to uh, culminate from what you've done in your life. You know, you get to a point in your life where you're just able to help other people, you know, from what you've done, regardless of what it is that you've done, like, that's a goal. And like, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that I want to achieve and a lot of things that I want to do. But mm-hmm. like, overall, you know, for me, it's about creating art, you know, and just creating things. And if it's like, it's either... You know, it's it, it's putting that effort into making something that is new and evokes that emotion and is something that wasn't there or maybe just something slightly different that was there before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if I could do that my entire life and have those feelings that are so eclectic and meaningful and, and deep and almost spiritual to a certain degree, if I could close the gaps between yeah. every one of those moments, regardless of how much money I make or how much success I truly accumulate in my life, then I've had all the success that I can ever ask or want. Like the shorter those gaps that I have those emotions of feelings, mm-hmm. like the happier I know I will be. Yeah. The first time you played a gig at a show, like the first track you ever made that like you had, yeah. first track record you signed, like the first yeah. record that got you, you know, a million plays, like, you know, those feelings and emotions that truly make you feel special and evoke an emotion that really nothing else can. Like, you know, hunting after that you know, if regardless if it gets me somewhere in life, you know, fantastic. If it doesn't, I still have a hell of a ride on my way to doing so. Yeah, you've inspired me so much in this conversation, but you've made me want to rephrase my answer because I felt that as I was saying, I was like, you know, I don't actually know if that's going to happen. And I think all I want to do, my dream in the long term, is I want to leave a legacy behind. Yeah. So but just make sure it's at least a legacy that you left behind that you love what you're doing. Yes. Exactly. You know, my father always said too, like, you know, it was always a conversation when he was racing professionally for Honda, uh, road bikes, crap rockets, people that don't know. Yeah. And it's like, well, what if you crash? What if you end up getting in the hospital and like, you know, you're, you're basically a vegetable, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like, well, understand that you have the confidence to be okay to pull that plug because I died doing something that I loved mm-hmm. and... I'll be damned if I didn't die doing it with a smile on my face. What if I never did it, right? Yeah. And what if I never did it? But like leaving yeah. that legacy behind that like, you know, life is short, man. Like what's the point of going through your entire life hunting for something that you might never end up getting? Like there are so many people <laughs> that have made incredible things that yeah. they croak one day and then they're discovered. Like the whole point of like you were doing that whole thing that you were miserable your entire life and then you die and then <laughs> someone finds the things that you were doing like Yo, man, like, I don't want to, I want to enjoy my life, you know, granted, there's a lot of things in life that you have to work hard for and grin and bear it and, like, just sit through the shit, mm-hmm. 
but like hunt through the things that are gonna make you happy and at least work towards the things while being happy to make you even happier and on that path to like, you know, enlightenment, whether it be enlightenment or whatever goal that it might be that you want to do, I just, my thing is like, just make sure that you're at least having a good time doing it. Like, I don't, I hate hearing the people like, yeah, I fucking hate what I'm doing, but at least it's working towards something that like I want to do. Like, work on something that you at least are having an enjoyable, fun time doing. Yeah. That you don't want to blow your brains out doing it just <laughs> to be able to get to the next level. Yeah. Like, do something that you at least enjoy or make a change. Yeah. You know, there's no reason why, like, yo, strip all the things like ego and like, you know, insecurities that will fuck you up from like getting further. Like, move back home and with your parents, like, reduce all your costs to zero to be able to take that leap of faith to like figure something out that you might want to do. Like, might be shit broke for like two years, but like if you really work towards what you want to do and I love what you do, mm-hmm. you'll figure it out. Even if you live off like a $40,000 a year salary, at least if you love what you're doing, man, like you're having a great time. That's yeah. hell of a lot more than a lot of other people have to say and allow what they'll ever have in their life. So like find solace in that fact that you at least, you know, regardless of where you got in your life, you at least had a good time doing it. A fucking men. That was some fucking wise man shit, bro. I love that, dude. That was awesome, man. Thank Thank you you so much for coming through. Thank you for having me, bro. I appreciate it.